Bomex Network Production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show on PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. And we are live, live on the air from Las Vegas. It is 12 o'clock. It is lunchtime. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, the debut episode. Thank you, everybody, again, for tuning in. And you're going to be able to get this on iTunes and Stitcher uh, maybe in a little bit. But uh, for now, if you're listening live, we thank you and we thank Fly Racing for this. They made it possible. Max, Dale, Craig, all the guys there. Uh, they, they've helped out, and uh, we appreciate it. The Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, supported by Fly Racing, one of the fastest-growing MX and off-road riding apparel and hard part brands in North American market. Distributed in 40-plus countries, bro. So, uh, yeah, check them out. Thanks again for those guys. What we're trying to do here on this show, and it is the debut show, we thank you, everybody, again. We're going to do a little bit talking about motocross and a little bit of what we're going to see on the coming weekend. Obviously, with Hangtown coming up, the opening round of the Lucas Oil Nationals, it's a big deal, and we're we're excited to uh, see what's going to happen. But this show is going to be a little bit more of a looking-ahead feature, a little bit more of a uh, uh, look-ahead to what we expect to see. We're going to have some experts on. Clearly, I'm not the expert. And um, we're going to take your phone calls, and it's a big part of this show is going to take your phone calls and be bench racing with you guys. And with that, let's open up the lines right now. 702-586-7857. Call in right now if you have a question for me or a thought on the Nationals or tell us what you think is going to happen this weekend at Hangtown. We're going to have two-time national champion and world champion Grant Langston on here in a little bit. Possibly a Jason Thomas sighting if we can uh, line it up. Uh, And we're all going to be talking Hangtown and what we're going to see. And including this weekend right now, what we're going to see for this weekend uh, at Hangtown. We're going to give away a Fly Racing uh, Factory Spectator kit. Of course, we uh, the Factory Spectator, Steve Brune, passing away last weekend, a, a pioneer in the moto internet journalism. So with that, Fly Racing stepped up, and uh, they're going to give away a T-shirt and a hat and a backpack and a wallet, an umbrella, a pit board, a hydration pack. Yeah, all that is going to be courtesy of Fly Racing. Um, they've stepped up, and they're the title of this show. So I think... Uh, this weekend coming up, Hangtown, it's going to be interesting to see the 450 field is stacked. And between Ryan Villapoto, um, Ryan Dungey, and uh, James Stewart, Chad Reed, Barsha, Trey Kennard, I don't know what we're going to see this weekend in the 450 class. It's going to be ridiculous. It's, uh, it's insane. And, and luckily, I think the TV schedule coming out is also going to be pretty cool all four motos live streaming on AllySports.com, uh, live motos on NBC Sports, live motos on Fuel Racing. I don't want to hear about the changing the remote control and all that and, and all the problems that, that that causes. Just figure it out. If you watch NFL football, if you watch baseball or anything like that, you're, you're ended up changing, changing the remote channel. Just figure it out, people. I, I'm tired of getting the tweets and the emails, uh, but I'm I'm pumped about Hangtown. I'm excited. I'm getting there tomorrow, and uh, the Hangtown track itself has come a long way from when I first started going there in the mid '90s, when it was dry, dusty, crappy, and uh, now it's it's nice. It's got this rice soil on it, and uh, gets rough. It's it's got some good soil and some good dirt. Visibility of the track is awesome. It's always been awesome. And to me, Hangtown is uh, no longer a uh, no longer a crappy track. Let's say it's it's one of the one of the better tracks out there. So I think uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be good. 
Coming up on the show, Grant Langston is going to tell us what he thinks about the Nationals this weekend and what he thinks uh, a guy should do who's going to be a, uh, a top title contender, what their mentality is, because uh, as we know, uh, GL uh, knows motocross. First caller on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Um, by the way, uh, answering the phones and working the phones is uh, perhaps you've heard of him before. Uh, the Tits Legendary. Tits, thanks for coming by. No problem. It's a, it's a different show, but yet it's the same show. Got it? I've, I've already answered the phones incorrectly twice. Keep right. saying Pulpamex show. Right. But, yeah. yeah. 702-586-7857. You can call in if you want right now. We're opening the phone lines. Uh, the very first caller of the, uh, in the history of the Fly Racing Ever. Moto 60 show. Corey Moser, what's up? Long-time listener. Long-time <laughs> listener. First-time caller. Uh, thanks for being the first-ever caller on the show. I knew you were probably going <laughs> for that. Uh, yeah, I've, been, I've been waiting all morning. I'm just ready to hit the dial button. And I do like the fact that you're at work and you're still able to get away from work and do it. That's, that's, that's impressive. I'm, hi- I'm hiding in the bathroom right now. Oh, fantastic. Hey, what, uh, what's up? What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about, Hangtown? Well, let's talk about Hangtown. Um, Actually, let's talk about, you were just mentioning how crappy the track was, or used to be, rather. So what is, what's the new, what track has inherited the, that, the worst track on the circuit, in uh, your opinion? Um, well, I think it was Texas, and now it's gone. So, um, uh, Washougal could be, could be one of them. Um, I'm sorry, Moser. It's, it's picturesque. It's beautiful. I love going up there. The trees are beautiful. The track oh, it's itself, super, though, yeah, is super slippery. Yeah, really oh, slippery. I've raced it. I've raced it before, and you know, from photos, it looks so loamy and so good. But they've gone so deep now on the track that it's it's no one's favorite. The tire guys and the goggle guys and the the it's it's just a terrible track for those guys and for the riders. Man, the shadows in the trees. Maybe Washougal, yeah. but it's hard to say that when it's such a beautiful like weather and facility and track you know i feel bad for saying that maybe maybe lake elsinore has taken it over uh i couldn't believe the stuff they did with lake elsinore last year but having said that it's still it still really wasn't anyone's favorite you know um uh, it seems like the complaints of the track have died down a lot you know it seems like it's gotten a lot better over the years at least for what the tracks in general just track maintenance track oh, prep yeah absolutely now it's good and bad the the good part is that it's very consistent. It's watered and prepped, and and track to track, all twelve races get pretty, pretty uh, standard track prep. But the bad part is, is we're not seeing you know which racers are better on hard pack and which better racers are better in sand. We only have one kind of sand track. You basically run the same front and rear tire almost every week. Uh, the tracks sure, develop right. the track develop the same way with the sawdust, with the rice soil, with the the different ways of prepping it. The tracks develop the same kind of way. It's ruddy. Right, it's, they yeah. prep them all the same. Sure. Yeah, right. they do, which is good and bad. The dust, there's no dust for spectators. That's good. Sure. There's, uh, you know, definitely traction, and it's, but it's it's it. Unlike the GPS, it's almost the same track every week nowadays with with soil conditions. Anyways, so it's good and bad. All uh, right. Uh, one more question before you jump on some other callers. What's uh, how do you think the new Honda is going to perform outdoors? It seems like they had some problems getting it set up in Supercross. Do you think it's going to haunt them a little bit in outdoors, kind of a learning year, or do you think it's easier to set a bike up for outdoors? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's easier to set a bike up for outdoors. Good question. Uh, not, not used to that from you. 
But uh, uh, good, good question. And uh, I think they are better to set up outdoors than Supercross. You know what I mean? Supercross is pretty finute uh, settings. And, uh, Did you just say finute? Finute. Finite. Okay. Um, I, think, I think outdoors are, are easier. I think the Honda, the Honda guys have been learning the whole time, too. Like, they've, they've got McGrath been working with them for a while. I spoke to uh, Shane Drew from Honda a little while ago, and they have the – McGrath's been pounding out laps, and so they feel like they're maybe ahead of the game because they've learned a little bit from Supercross. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think they think that they're they're going to be okay for outdoors. So. Um, like overall, people racing that you're aware of, is it more air forks or more um, oil and springs? Overall, what do you mean? Uh, uh, the, the, the field, like, yeah, yeah, people running them in the outdoors. Do you know of more people running air or more people running conventional? Well, the the production Cowies and the production Honda 450s are air. So it depends how many we have of those showing up. You know, those guys would be running uh, Air Forks, all the privateers and those. Obviously, there's 40 guys on the line, so a lot of good chunk of them are going to be privateers, you know? Sure. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I think uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. I mean, everyone that's on Air Fork and Supercross is going to be on Air Fork in outdoors. No one's going to go back, you know what I mean, for outdoors. So sure. it would be all interesting right. to see, like, 40 minutes, 35 minutes on a production if, it's going to be interesting to see if there's privateers out there. Uh, 35 minutes is really tough on, on, a, on a bike, on the suspension components. And if you haven't right. been doing the maintenance on your seals and haven't been doing the maintenance on your oil and everything, and, you know, once you have one small flaw with those air forks, they collapse, right? I predict, right, right. I predict that some races this year you, you will see privateers at the end of 35 minutes when their stuff is beat and hammered and they haven't been doing the regular maintenance. I think you'll see some guys pulling out with some DNFs. It'd be interesting, you know, to see. Yeah, but well. All right. All right thanks. Well, thanks for having me on. And hey. uh, Peter, or Tits, rather, you've only got 40 minutes left, so uh, you're almost done. Yeah, almost done already. Thanks, Moser. Later. All right, see you. Phone lines are jammed up. We're coming up with uh, Grant Langston. Sinjin, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? I have a quick question. Uh, I don't know if you were listening to the greatest show ever last night, DMXS, but uh, uh, they talked to Blake Baggett. Did you happen to catch that or no? I did not. No, I did not. Okay, so uh, just real quick, he, you know how he had his wrist injury. He said that his wrist is, he only can move it about 5%. Is that what he said, 5 degrees, something like that? And uh, he has no movement, really, of it. And he said he's just going to have to, like, you know, just drop his elbow and just chicken wing it. And he said that they don't know if he'll ever get movement back. Do you see that as, like, a career-ending injury? I mean, uh, it, does not, it, it sounds like he's not, he might not ever get it back. I, I, was it? I, think he, uh, I, think he's, I think he's playing some game and shit. There's no way. I've heard. I've, I've I've talked to the pro circuit guys. I've talked to people who've seen him out at the tracks. He's fine. He's fast. He's okay. got no worries. I know this is. Did you read that interview uh, on Racer X a little while ago? He. This is his deal. He wants to. I think he's playing this game with people and riders and. And all okay. That. Yeah. He made. He made it sound like. It made it sound like okay. He's really fucked, and like this could be a career-ending injury. He could be done. Like that. That's the way it sounded through the interview last night. Nah, he's fine. I've talked to. I've talked to the pro circuit guys. I've talked to people who've been with him on the track. He's flying. He's the fastest uh, guy okay. right there. He, uh, he's what a little fucker. And what's wrong with his hair? I don't know, bro. Come on now. Okay. <laughs> Thank, all right, thanks, have a good See you, um, Chandler. What's up? Thanks for calling the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show, bro. Appreciate it. Hey man, yeah, you're welcome. Um, well, I just had a question about Chad Reed. I mean, I know y'all kind of like doubted him a lot in the preview podcast that you did with with um mm-hmm. Racer X. Yeah, 
Um, if you remember back to like Daytona, I know it's like kind of a stretch to be a national track, you know, if you want to compare it, but it's kind of a stretch. But if you think about it, that was really Reed's fastest he rode all year long. And like, I was wondering if you think like, you think he's going to do better in the nationals or about the same or, I mean, yeah, your opinion? Um, I think his bike, his bike looked, in my opinion, I mean, I'm no mechanic, but his bike looked better set up at, with the airports and everything at, they told it, it did at any other track all year long. Maybe, maybe. Um, you know, the, did you see his uh, tweet about draining his knee the other day? I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. That's yeah. a little scary. Yeah, if, his, if his knee yeah. is swelling up and getting full of fluid, that's a little scary. You, you know, there's no right. bigger fan of Chad Reed than JT. And he knows him well, and he loves Chad, and he would probably, you know, give himself up to save Chad if he had to. Um, and he didn't sound very optimistic, did he? No, not at all. So that's a little worrisome to me. But I mean, Chad, it's Chad Reed. I mean, what do you, you know? It's Chad Reed. So, uh, <laughs> like you know, Jeff Hemick said earlier on, on the Pulp Show, he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, three to five, I think, all day long for Chad. I just don't see him winning. But maybe, hey, if he uh, look, I doubt, I've doubted the guy before, and it, he's it's bite, bit me. Um, so it's tough to <laughs> tough to write him off, but. Uh, his, the, the knee is a little worrisome. His tweet's a little worrisome, for sure. Um, and I know it is bothering him a little bit. But three to five, I mean, w- w- I think that's respectable. There's, I don't know if he's got anything for Dungy or Villapoto. Um, and James, of course, is the ultimate wild card. But, yeah. So, we'll see, bud. All right, well, thanks, Chandler. All right, thanks for your opinion. Hey, All thanks. Right. All right, see ya. Um, let's get one last call here. Uh, sorry if we didn't get to you, but we got to get to Langston. Seth, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Hey, quick question. You guys, with uh, with Evan Cincerello making his debut this year, is there's so many guys under the the you got five lights guys and two fifty and two on the four fifty. Yeah, is that gonna is that gonna bother Cincerello? I mean, as far as being working with Mitch, I mean, Mitch is gonna be spread thin. I'm thinking, but I mean, is it gonna hurt him or is it gonna hurt any of the other guys? Is I mean, somebody seems like they're gonna get the short end um, of no. the benefit of being with those guys. No, I don't think so. If anything, it's going to help him because he's going to be around like guys like Durham and and uh, Bag and Navalos, Rattray. It's going to help him because he's going to you know have these guys to work off of. There's you know those guys that Mitch has besides the four mechanics or besides the the, the seven mechanics. He's got two or three guys uh, to help out, and I, I mean Mitch will handle it. They'll, they'll, he's going to get as good of a bike. He's going to get as much attention. I think he's going to be the second best guy on the team. So, you know, that, that'll give him a lot of attention right there. I, I wouldn't worry about yeah. it. I think it's fine. Cool. But nobody else and nobody else will hinder it. I mean, nobody else is going to get by, you know, it's nobody no, else will no. get hurt by that either. I mean, no, no, it seems no. Like a lot of guys. Mitch is not a, a guy to hold anything back. If, if he's got one part that works better, then everybody's going to have it. It, it. No one, not one guy is going to have it, you know? So yeah. he yep. doesn't do that game. Cool. All right. Thanks, All right, bud. Cool. Thank All right, you. See ya. All right, our first guest on the Fly Racing uh, Moto 60 show. He's uh, got two national titles. He probably should have three. And he's got a world championship under his belt. And he was the voice of Arena Cross this summer. And nobody knows motocross nationals like Grant Langston. GL, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on. Hey, anytime. Um, just enjoying this uh, nice sunny day in California. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you're the first ever guest on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. And I know... You're a fan right. of the guys at, at Fly Racing. I know this. So uh, You know what? Actually, um, obviously being someone that raced and still <laughs> rides, um, 
Uh, Fly has actually been uh, a great uh, sponsor when I had the race team as well as a, a personal sponsor after done racing. And then we obviously do a lot of business with Fly and Western Power Sports through our dealership. Great company to deal with, uh, make a great product, and great group of guys. Um, I'm sure you know a lot of those guys. Uh, yeah. Very into their racing, very loyal, and uh, uh, really cool to deal with. Um, I agree. I agree. Hey, okay, so Hangtown this weekend. Um, you yourself, you've been there. Uh, you, you've you've won titles by being the fastest guy at the beginning of the race, at the beginning of the year, and beginning at the end of the year. But also, when you rode for Mitch that one year, you probably went for a last corner pass that maybe you shouldn't have on Michael Essie, and that really ruined your championship season when you were probably one of the top guys to win it. Um, what, what, if you're RV, if you're Dungey, James, uh, what's your mentality for this weekend? Uh, I mean, you've been there as a guy that's blown it, let's say, and maybe I'm being a little harsh, and then as a guy that's uh, you know, taking it by storm. Well, uh, you know, with that said, I, I agree with that. You know, I, that's always been my personality, go for it, you know, and, and, and I know the race you're referring to in 2005. Of course, looking back, hindsight, um, I, sh- you know, could have backed off, held second place, won the overall, believing the points at the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not how I race. You know, I've always raced till the end, and um, there's always a balance between being smart and aggressive. And at the first round of the season, you're not settling for points, you know, you're going for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then 2007, I was behind in points. And, you know, when I came on strong at the end, it panned out. And and, and, and racing, you know, it, it's a long season. And, you know, the days of finding your groove and building, you can't do that. you got to come out swinging from, from the get-go. Um, but I, I think all the top players, they're going to be, they're going to be up front. You know, the first race, I know what happened. Some guys are going to, ride better than they expected. Some guys are going to ride tight. Some guys are going to come back and say, my bike just didn't handle because, mm-hmm. you know, no matter all the testing and training you do leading up to a race like Hangtown, when you get there, the track's different. And you think your bike's great, and then you get there, and all of a sudden you're, you're swinging wrenches and, and, and coming up with, you know, different settings, and um, all of a sudden your bike wasn't as good as you thought it was. But a lot of times it's just because the tracks are different on a national day as mm-hmm. opposed to riding practice tracks during the week. So, um, I mean, we saw Ryan Dungey win the Supercross title in 2010 and um, struggle at Hangtown. In fact, yeah. he was in front of me for most of, I forget if it was the first or the second moto, but, you know, no one really went anywhere. It was kind of like a freight train. So, obviously, getting a good start is important because if you're having a bit of a, a rough day or you're riding a little tight and tense at the first round, at least if one or two guys pass you, it's not a big deal. You can try and latch onto them, loosen up. It's a lot easier following um, but you don't want to be in 20th because you get stuck in those guys' kind of pace, and it's hard then sometimes to, right. to be aggressive and get to the front. So uh, starts nowadays seem to be getting more and more important. The, you know, a couple of years ago when Ryan Villapoto won the Supercross title, he came to Hangtown. He was a 3-3, a distant 3-3. Um, yeah. You know, it, I guess, and, you know, a lot of us guys made judgments right away about what we're going to see that season and this and that, but – it's really it's a long season and nobody knows that better than you. So there's, I mean, if you're Ryan Villapoto and you go a distant three three, or say you're Chad Reed and you go seven six this weekend, I mean, do you change anything? Do you panic? Do you do you or do you just kind of keep the steady steady course? 
Well, that's obviously a little hard to comment on because if you came from outside the top 20 both motos, you might be happy with your performance, but mm-hmm. a little disappointed in the result. I think it's different for everyone. Usually everyone comes back. <laughs> I've seen it. I've done it. I've seen teammates do it. Usually after the weekend, everyone wants to go testing because, like I said, <laughs> right, their, right. their bike's not as good as they thought it was or they think everyone else's bike is, good, is better. Um, but, I mean, I think, you know, like you said, RV was a distant 3-3. I mean, there's two ways to look at that. If, you, if you're someone like him, you're going to every race trying to win. So mm-hmm. you're on the podium. You're not happy, but you got solid points and you got, you know, 40 points to start a, a season out of a maximum 50. It's not a bad start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we always say, you know, a lot of times your championships are one of your bad days. You know, when you go down in that first turn or you have a mechanical or whatever it may be, terrible weather conditions or a track you really don't like, um, you got to make the most of them those days because all those guys you've mentioned are, are going to probably win races this year. So it's not a matter of, hey, I've got to win. Right. It's a matter of not having DNS. It's a matter of being at least, you know, at least in the top 10 every moto. Usually if you can do that, if you go look at someone who's been in the points and in the top 10 every moto, they're usually in with a mathematical chance at the championship going into the final round. Mm-hmm. Um, 702-586-7857 if you have a question for Grant Langston about Hangtown coming up uh, nobody knows uh, racing nationals better than Grant Langston and now he's uh, one of the, the announcers for the Arena Cross Series which by the way GL you did a good job on and uh, are you doing it again? Thank you. Do, do, do they want you back? You uh, yes they said they want me back I mean nothing's um, yeah. you know concrete yet yeah. um, I think it's still early but they did say that they were uh, happy with obviously what I did and that they want me back I enjoyed it um, like anything you learn a lot when you're on that side of the fence it's just not as easy as just talking <laughs> right. you know you got people in your ear and you got to like fit in these segments and go to commercials and I found myself sometimes we would pre-record something and then watching the race and I'm like yeah like he said and then the, the producer reminds me at break hey that interview only comes on in the next segment the people haven't seen that yet i'm like oh yeah shoot (laughs) i forgot you know so it's about timing and fitting in you know sometimes you're running a little thin so they want you to speak a little more and then you know you start a conversation then they go cut cut we're gonna break we're gonna break like (laughs) trying to trying to end the sentence without it being awkward so it's it's there's a little bit of that that's um takes some getting used to but uh i enjoy it a lot um Mm -hmm. i enjoy talking about racing watching racing it's what i've pretty much what i've done my whole life so for right. me it's um uh, it's definitely a passion and um the commentating side was was actually really enjoyable uh back to hangtown so we did a preview podcast on racer x and yeah uh james stewart obviously came up and what are we going to see from james stewart what i mean we we had an over-under of six races that he makes we had does he win a moto does he win an overall we are everyone had a different opinion um he's he's just a mystery but we know he's fast what do you think we see from james stewart uh sure i mean i'm a little bit in in that same boat where i think at the moment he's a little bit of a mystery because james is so talented that when he is on on form and it seems like a lot of times it's a matter of being healthy and for him that usually breeds confidence in his training and because his speed's always good. It's a matter of can he, can he sustain that for the full length and not make mistakes. James sometimes can be his own worst enemy. Um, mm-hmm. I do think he wins races. I don't know how healthy he is at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, he's going to be there. So if he's there, I'm sure he's fairly healthy. I know he took off, you know, a few rounds of Supercross in order to get healthy. So whether whether that really helped him or not, I don't know. I haven't seen him riding lately. But um, I want to, you know, I suspect he went home, maybe took a little time off with that knee, but started focusing on outdoors, knowing that, you know, hey, i got to go out and prove that I can still win. So I expect him to win races, you know. Um, I, you know, does he do the whole series that, you know, based off his recent years of, you know, track history? You know, probably not. Mm-hmm. So is he a title contender? Well, you know, the old saying, you've got to be in it to win it. Yeah. And if you're not in it, um, then obviously the answer is no. Uh, but I expect him to, see, uh, to, to, to do well. I wouldn't count out someone like Chad Reed. He flows very well at Hangtown. Hangtown's a little bit of a awkward track. I've had mm-hmm. days I felt where when you're in the groove, you're really fast. And if you're just not quite in the groove, you you know, you can actually be kind of slow. So right. it's definitely a, a rhythm type of track, which sounds weird, but you know, you can time those braking bumps down the hill, like tripling them and mm-hmm. wheel tapping. And, and Chad's really good at that. And I see, I think he's going to come out and be strong this weekend. I think James, he, he can be strong on any given weekend. And then you can never count out the two Ryans, you know, right. that we all know that they're fast, they're fit, they're focused, and they're going to be there. So just getting on the podium at the first round is going to be a tough one. Someone's going to be unhappy. Well, yeah, that's what we were saying. There's there's legitimately eight guys that could win, it seems like, uh, that could win motos or, or overalls. It's insane. Of course, by yeah. the end of 24 motos, GL, as you know, there'll be two or three guys standing, you know, at the end. They'll yeah. be the ones that, that are the strongest. Um, question about you for, for Hangtown, and this is my experience as a former mechanic. You 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 ride at Glen Helen, you ride at Cahia, you ride at Paula, you set your bike up for California dirt, which is different and unique. You go to Hangtown, probably like you said, you get surprised at the race pace and the and the size of the bumps that develop during racing. But then when you go east, I always remember so much worry at a high point or wherever we're going. Muddy Creek is the first real East Coast round. Um, bike setup wise, the dirt's softer. It's a little ruddier. Um, you know, it's a little more traction. Is that a big deal? Do, did you find that your bike settings that you developed in California for two or three weeks before the nationals seemed to not work that well out east? Um, I I don't know if it's so much out east or more just national national tracks generally speaking. Because okay. a lot of times they'll mix in some sand or maybe. Um, even, you know, some wood chips or whatever to keep the moisture. So when the track roughens up, it develops a different type of braking bump and acceleration bump. So the tracks are just different. So I almost feel like if you go to Hangtown and your bike feels pretty good there, when you go back east, you're usually not going to make too many adjustments. You're going to make adjustments based on, Mm -hmm. you know, can we soften it up a little bit on this track or, you know, it's a little bit deeper and heavier or bigger jumps, we'll stiffen it up rebound, whatever, you make minor adjustments in, in practice, but you're not, you know, mm-hmm. tearing, you know, forks apart and rear shocks apart and springs and whatever else. So I I don't know. I mean, for me, it more felt like the first national was really the one where, you know, I was either, you know, dialed in or right. kind of struggling. <laughs> but I figured usually after that, we were working in the right direction. Um, and, 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 and that stuff, you know, how it goes, it continues throughout the year. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. after the first no. race. You know, there's new parts coming. There's, there's, next, there's some parts on next year's bike that works on this year's bike that they can use, you know, and mm-hmm. so forth. So it's, it's a continuous, you know, it's, you know, sometimes 
you almost get lost because you feel like you've gone around in so many circles, you almost don't even know where you're at. <laughs> and you've got to kind of just take a breath and start all over again. Well, if anybody knows that, uh, your 2007 setup was, I mean, it kind of took the sport, the, the whispers in the pits that you had lost your mind were out there. Uh, you went to a stock <laughs> fork, stock clamps. You know what I mean? Like it was, uh, there were some frame mods made, I believe. There was, people were going, look at what it, what GL's doing. But guess what? The bike worked better for you. It worked way better for you. Exactly. Everyone everyone likes a bike different. And, and I've tried to think about this in my head, try and make sense of it. But I don't know if maybe riding a lot of my early career on KTMs had something to do with it because the KTMs always had a flexible frame. So maybe my riding style just was molded to that and I liked right, it. Right. And the problem I had with the Yamaha is it was very rigid. And, you know, when you put the you know you know, you put the bigger forks and the bigger clamps and you know, everything just all of a sudden I had no feeling from the bike. I didn't know where the limits were. It just wasn't wasn't for me, you know. It wasn't mm-hmm. that it was a bad bike. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. And so we just went. I just told the guys, we're going to do everything we can to loosen this thing up. And then during the season, we were able to get the new frame, which was supposedly more flexible. We tested that. And that was really the only real change we made. I mean, before the outdoors started, I decided, even in Supercross, that I was not going to run the 50 more clamps and the, okay. the, the heavy-duty uh, clamps and that. So I went to... Basically, I had to go to stock because there were 40. I mean, obviously, the internals are, yeah. are not stock, but the tubes are stock, the clamps are stock. Um, uh, the 08 frame was a little looser, and then all of a sudden, you know, it gives you a little spark. You know, the bike feels better, so now you feel more motivated riding the bike. You're enjoying it. You're getting faster. And then, of course, you know, that just snowballs into confidence and everything. So by the end of the season, I believed I was going to win no matter what. And... uh that's a cool feeling to have. And and, yeah. and that's why sometimes when people, you know, when riders complain about their bikes or something, you know, people always go, ah, you know, he's got an excuse or whatever. But a lot of times at this level, guys know what they want. Whether whether someone thinks it's crazy or not, guys mm-hmm. kind of know what they want or what they like. And when you're battling to get that, um, it gets frustrating. And, um, and uh, I, I think for me, I was getting, you know, uh, a little mentally beat during that season because I felt like I was putting in 110% effort with my training and everything. But when the results don't come, it's highly frustrating and hard to motivate yourself to bust your ass the next week. Um, but then all of a sudden when things start improving, it's so easy to get up and go and bust your ass. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, confidence is huge in any sport. I mean, we know that any sport, confidence is huge. Look at when RV, two years ago, RV and Jake Weimer got the new 2011 frame. Uh, RV went 1-1, I think, for the first time all year, dominated, crushed everybody. Weimer got in the top five for the first time, and they never looked yep. back. Both guys with the new frame, which they said was yep. a little narrower and a little more flexy in the right spots. I mean, I was a believer. I'm like, you know, we had like yep. one week off, and look at these dudes with the new frame. I mean, yep. they were they were new guys. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think what happened, too, was when, when our sport went to four strokes, I think the manufacturers, you know, probably looking back would agree that maybe they over-engineered some of these, you know, everything was a little beefier and a little maybe over the top, you know, to make sure that these bikes never fell apart for the buying customer, that he could ride it year after year. Um, But then realized, you know, that, uh, you know, a lot of people had complaints about the way some of these four-strokes were handling. I mean, Honda came out with their 450 first, and, 
you know, several guys were like, man, that thing was riding a beast. You know, I remember when Yamaha came out with the original 426, you know, you yeah. talked to, to guys that rode that, and I'll tell you, man, that thing was a beast to ride, you know. It was a point <laughs> right. and squirt, you know. You had to kind of come in, break, turn, and just grab a handful and dig a trench. <laughs> and nowadays, you know, guys are wanting a little more of that two-stroke feel. You know, they want to carry more momentum. They want to be able to roll into the turns, get the bike to tip in, and when they were getting too rigid, that was becoming harder, and guys were starting to fight the bike small. So I think, it's like anything, every year things just get a little bit better, a little bit better, yeah. and, and the bikes nowadays are, are, are pretty remarkable. You take a, you take one off a showroom floor and you got to ride, and you're like, shoot, you know, <laughs> feels pretty close to a race bike. Uh, hey, Mitch Payton, uh, you rode for him. You won for him. Uh, you love yeah. Mitch Payton, actually. Um, he's got seven guys. He's got... Two two four fifties in Rattray and Wilson and five light skies. I believe Durham is in this weekend. It was a question mark, but uh, and of course seeing Cirillo. How does he handle that? How I mean, are any worries on your end? Any concerns on your end that this is too much for the pro circuit guys? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, and the reason I say that is I don't think the four fifty thing is just you know last minute. You know, let's pull this one out of the hat. It's been something that he was working on even when I wrote for him. You know, you know, we'd get, you know, some test parts to try and 450s, you know, when we had practice bikes and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, a, he's very involved. Uh, Mitch always has his finger on the pulse. Yes, is the, you know, is the whole camp going to be a little busy and crowded? Yes, but if anyone can keep it under control, it's those guys. You know, they've, they've done it a long time. They've dealt with five rider teams before um, many a time. Um, so I, I I don't know for sure. Maybe you can answer this. Are the 450 guys going to have a separate semi? Yeah, they are. They are. Okay. Yep. So right there, it's you know, it's it's really nothing different. It's just essentially he's got his a secondary team, which, um, you know, I'm sure he's got uh, a crew behind that you know caters to, to to both the light and the 450 guys. So I don't think so. I mean, I think you know, in our sport, we always see injuries. Um, when you ride for Mitch Payton, I think I don't really believe he puts a lot of pressure on guys. I think guys put pressure on themselves because they know, you know, if, if I don't win here, you know, <laughs> right. we, we used to joke and say, I think riding for Mitch Payton is the best and the worst thing that can happen for you. Cause if you win, you usually have a great career. Right. If you don't win, everyone thinks you'll never be a winner. And they, yeah. <laughs> it almost, they almost write you off <laughs> or you get a B or C team ride. But, um, I, I, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for him. And, and I, I don't think it's too much. I, I, I don't believe you'll see seven guys, you know, on Make, the team, at, you know, halfway through the season. Right, right, you know, right. like I was saying, with the, guy, the pressure that guys put on themselves, you often see on his team, you know, half the team does well and half the team, you know, on the sidelines of injuries because they're trying. You know, when you ride for Mitch, he creates a friendly rivalry in amongst the riders and the team to try and help each other, motivate and push each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes you've got slightly better outdoor riders and the other guys are trying to hang at that pace and, you tend to see a little, a few more injuries, and that's just unfortunately the product of of, of that situation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's cool. I think it'd be good. I'm, I'm excited to see someone like Cincerello, you know. Um, and this is no disrespect to him, but I get a little sick and tired of hearing about what he's going to do. <laughs> now I'm excited to see what <laughs> right, he's right. what he is going to, you know, what he will do now. Right. And um, you know, that's nothing against him. They're not the ones promoting no, no. themselves. Right. Everyone else saying how fabulous he is and and fantastic and he, he is a great rider and i'm excited for that you know i'm sure like anything 
he'll have pace. He's probably going to have some crashes and some ups and downs. But that'll test his true character is can he remount from that. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, you listen to Grant Langston on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. GL, before we let you go, uh, some predictions from you. We, uh, we have to get them. Um, Hangtown, we got Villapoto, Dungey, Stewart, Barsha, Kennard, Chad. Uh, give us your top three in the 450s this weekend in Hangtown. Uh, well, I feel very unprepared in this one as far as I haven't really watched anyone riding, so I'm going to have to go out on a limb. Right. Top three on the podium, I'm going to go with, in no particular order right now, Okay. Stewart, Reed. Whoa. Villapoto. Donji, off the, off the box, you think? Well, I feel bad because he is my brother-in-law, and I just did goodbye <laughs> to him this morning, and good luck. Um, and I think he could be on the podium. I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really think it could, uh, my podium prediction could be 180 degrees off. Of course. I right. think I think Chad's going to do well at Hangtown. He goes in, and he's going to do well. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of think he will be on the podium. And um, I think Suey's got something to prove. I think he'll be on the podium. And then I think I think it's going to be a good race, nevertheless. Yeah. But I I don't know. Uh, Dungey hasn't had a, a, a lot of success in Hangtown. I think he's in a better position than last year. He might even go beat Villapoto. We might even see the reigning champ not on the podium. Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be ridiculous. Um, 250s, Tomac, Roxon, Baggett. I think we ha- everyone can agree that those three – are great. You got Seen Cirillo. You got Webb Muscan, Zach Osborne. I wouldn't sleep on Zach Osborne. To me, I think he uh, he's got something to prove, and I know he's been really fast in testing, according to Mike Larocco. So in the two fifties, what do you see? Who do you got? What do you think? I might go with a bit of a oddball prediction. Okay. I'm going to go. You're the expert, bro. Uh, I'm going to go with the two KTM boys, factory KTM boys, on the podium. Joined by Tomac. Okay, all right. So Muscan, you're you're, you're a believer in Moose. Mar- I, Marvin. I I think Marvin was just just a tick off last year. Some of his top guys. I think he's Supercross built up some confidence. I think he's got a year on his belt. I think he's a little fitter, a little wiser, a little stronger. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna take it to another level this year. I think he's gonna be fighting for wins. Really? Okay. Legitimate title contender. Wow, you heard it here first, folks. Grant Langston on the Marvin Muscan bandwagon, driving it, driving it down the yeah. road. <laughs> and Rockton's in there, too. Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Are you making it up, or are you going to be watching it on TV? No, I'll be watching it on TV, probably with a margarita in my hand. So you guys go have fun in the 100-degree dust bowl. I've been there, done that. Yeah, I've yeah. paid my dues. Right. I'll, uh, I'll be on the recliner, I think. That's or all right. I'll be outside with the kids going Nuts. Right, right. Uh, well, hey, uh, Grant Langston, thank you for coming on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Uh, appreciate it. Debut episode. Uh, great insights. And uh, we'll get you back on for sure. Love it. All right. Glad to be the first. <laughs> thanks, thanks, GL. All right, buddy. Take All right, care. See, see you guys. All Bye. Right. That's uh, ex-world champion, two-time uh, national champion, um, Grant Langston on the Fly Moto 60 show. Marvin Muscan, tits. He's on it. I, I actually agree with that. I was more surprised about his 450 picks, picking Reed and Stewart right. up there. Over He's also Dungy. on the Reed bandwagon. Yeah, clearly. So I, I actually, I could see Moose Can. I could see that. Uh, not quite so much with the the 450 guys. I think Chad's letting his drinking buddy influence his picks. <laughs> um, 
Hey, uh, let's get our, our, our WPS's own uh, Jason Thomas on. Um, but first, uh, hey, Pulp MX fans, I want to tell you about uh, Fly Racing. They're all about sharing with their fans, and as a result, they created the Fly Wall, a fun way for you to share your photos on the Fly Racing website. Simply head over to flyracing.com, look for the Fly Wall menu in the upper right of the homepage, Choose post a pic and upload a photo of yourself in your favorite fly gear. You can even apply Instagram-like photo filters or choose a photo from one of your Facebook photo albums. Once approved, your photo will show up on the fly wall. It's as simple as that. Head on over to flyracing.com and upload your photo for a chance to be featured on the fly wall. And while you're online, make sure you follow Fly Racing on Facebook, Fly Racing USA on Twitter, and Instagram, uh, at Fly Racing USA. See you on the track and on the fly wall. Thank you to uh, the Fly Guys for uh, coming on board and check it out. Kind of a cool social interaction thing with them. Um, 702-586-7857. Uh, call in, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Let me know what you think of Hangtown. Let me know what you think about um, about uh, uh, GL's picks for Hangtown and uh, and what he had to say. Uh, up next, you know him as a regular on the podcast and on the Pulp Mech show. He's also on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. He is a Fly Racing employee. He is our ex-racer, ex-German Supercross champion, our favorite privateer ever. Jason Thomas, JT, what's up? Favorite privateer ever, huh? I like that. I think so. I mean, I think you're the sports favorite privateer ever. Uh, I don't know about all that. That's, that's going a little bit far. I thought you were talking about like the show's favorite. That may be possible. Yeah, okay, well, it's just narrowed down to the to the show's favorite um thank you uh for coming on the fly racing moto 60 show we just had gl on for hangtown uh his shocker uh podium pick for 450s is chad reed which i imagine makes you pretty happy uh yeah that is shocking actually <laughs> and there's no bigger fan than you of chad reed <clears throat> well maybe maybe tate Tate's a pretty big fan yeah okay besides besides tate um, yeah, I know. You cheer for your buddies just like you would cheer for me or Nick yeah. or anybody. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Third caller right now, 702-586-7857, wins a Fly Racing Factory Spectator kit, as we talk, spoke about at the beginning of the show. It's a shirt, it's a hat, it's a wallet, it's an umbrella, it's a pit board, it's hydration pack. Fly Racing Factory Spectator kit, third caller right now, wins it. Um, so phone lines will be lit up here for that. Thank you for listening, everybody. JT, uh, GL said that he didn't think the the setup from the east Co- from the west coast to the east coast is that big of a deal on a bike. Um, I've seen it. Some guys flip out. What do you think? Uh, GL was like, ah, you, you know, you obviously you tinker and you do that, but he didn't. He wasn't too worried about the setup from west to east. As far as <clears throat> as far as which guys are going to be more prepared? No, just your bike setup. Your bike setup, like uh, west coast tracks versus east coast. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty significant. Um, I do too. Really, just the suspension wise, I always felt like if I did my suspension testing in California, right, I wasn't wasn't really that good. Um, <laughs> right. the, well, just the bumps are much different. Maybe a hangtown would be okay, but mm-hmm. the, the bumps are real square edged and they're kind of like real choppy. And then you get back east, and it's different. They're they're a little bit more round, and it's just different. The, the Dirt forms differently. They put more kind of like wood chips and sand mm-hmm. and all this stuff into it. Yeah. It's just a different kind of bump, so the bike obviously reacts differently. Right, right. Yeah, I, GL, you know, kind of discounted it. But in teams I've been on, you go to high point, and it's like, ah, 
my my triple clamps, my forks, my shock, you know, everything. Ah, you know. So yeah. Um, it may be. It may not matter as much if you <clears throat> maybe if you live in California, but being an East Coast guy, right? If I tried to run the same setup, it just it just didn't work. Yeah. So I don't know. That um, may be some some to do with it. Yeah, that could be. Hey, we got our winner already. So stop calling. We got our winner for the Fly Racing Factory Spectator Kit. Congratulations to Ernie Phillips. Ernie Phillips, first person to ever win something on the show. Oh yeah! Congratulations, Ernie. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll send you a plaque along with that, <laughs> or something, some sort of recognition, a star or something. JT, uh, Hangtown Track. Did you like it? What'd you think? Uh, I, I thought it got. It's gotten much better. It has, hasn't it? it, it yeah. The, what, when was your first year there? What, what year? Ninety-eight. Yeah, it was a pile in ninety-eight because I. Oh man, it was not good. I did a Pirelli tire test on Monday after the national, and I got to ride at the end of the day. And it was so terrible. Yeah, I bet you were just pumped to be out there too. Oh, I know, right? But know. Um, um, yeah, that that track has come a long way. Now, do you like it now? Uh, it's it's much better. Yeah, it's uh, it's still not really my kind of style. It's still hard pack California that that deal, and that's not really the best for me. But it's it's man, it's light years from where it was. You know, they right. really really take pride in that place, the dirt diggers, and uh, you can tell. I mean, they've I'm sure they heard complaints, and you know that that I'm sure they take that very personally. Right. And they've, you know, they've dug their heels in and, and made it a lot better. You know, right. the track is much better. Um, couple of questions for you. Uh, what are we going to see from the 800? What are we going to see? I think we're all in agreement. We're going to see some top fives, a top five at Hangtown. Uh, we have actually have money riding on this, but um, uh, what do you think we're going to see all season? Like, can he actually? I mean, I like last year. Ryan Dungey was better than him. There's no doubt. But there were times where I felt. I mean, Ryan Dungey was going off the track. He was trying so hard to pass Michael Essie and trying to, or maybe it was just Mike was really good at, you know, sort of blocking him. But um, I thought Mike stepped up his game and at times was very close to Dungey. Do we see that again? I think so so too, but it's hard to say. What level we saw from Dungey without Bill Poto out there? Yep. I don't know. Yeah, you just I just think that um, Bill, maybe Dungey would have ridden risen to the occasion more if Bill Poto was out there. Right. Um, right. But I, I do think that I think Alexi's going to be really good. I think you'll see really good lap times in qualifying practice. Mm-hmm. Maybe even first would not would not shock me. Um, and then in the motos, I think. I, I would not be surprised if he's on the podium at the end of the day at all. Uh, yeah. I just think he's going to be one of the most prepared guys. Yeah. Um, he obviously pulled out early to make sure he was going to be one of the most prepared guys. He's historically very good at Hangtown, and he's a great starter. So <clears throat> you put all those things together, and uh, you know, yeah, I don't think he's going to win the race, but right. he's gonna, he's you know going to be towards the front. I do feel like because of Tony and Mike and his career, a lot of people, you know make jokes at their expense and and then truthfully some of them are deserved um but they're trying hard and mike is very very fast outdoors like he no he is he's he's a legitimate legitimate top five top three outdoor motocross racer yes regardless no no doubt about it you know as much and i agree with you as much heat as they take and jokes and you know there's they're always the butt of some kind of joke and i'm good friends with them yeah and uh I, I'm as guilty of as anyone, but I can't say that I'm, <laughs> I'm really good friends with Tony. Uh, 
and I take a lot of heat myself, so it's fine. I hope that they understand it's all in fun. Um, but yes, he's legitimate. No doubt about it. I don't think, I, I think that, you know, and I know you've alluded to this in the past that Bill Poto and those guys feel the same way. Yeah, he's I do. legitimate outdoors. You know, they, yeah. they maybe make fun of him and it's, it's all in good fun and they have it coming in some ways because they're, they can be pretty ridiculous. But when it comes down to the actual ability and the skill and the talent and all that, I mean, there's, you know, you have to give them credit where it's due. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, calling all the way from Australia. O'Rourke, what's up, man? Hey, Mathis, how are you? Good. Thanks for calling in on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Did Tits answer the answer the phone correctly? He did. And okay. I, was, I was just shocked that well, I wasn't expecting that answer. He did a good job, as always. Well, he, well, the first two callers, he got the name wrong, but he's good now. Like he said. Hey, uh, I had a question for you and JT. Yeah. I noticed in the 450 uh, pre show podcast barely a mention for jake weimer now factory kawasaki rider where do you think that guy's going to finish and and is this a a pivotal year for him does he really need to step it up to keep that ride for uh 2014 well he's got a ride for 2014 i believe he signed a new two-year deal yes yes so he's there there, but locked in where do you guys think he's going to finish and and is he living up to you know kawasaki's expectations you're right. It is a big year. He had a he had a crappy Supercross year. I thought his outdoor year last year was very good, though. I think he got he got a third in points, I believe, last year, or maybe fourth. Did Tickle get third? Uh, one of those one of those guys. Um, Shorty did not, though. But uh, anyways, I mean, yeah, I'll have to see. We'll have to see how it goes. Where, where do you uh, think you'll fit year. in? That I mean, you, in that podcast, you rated pretty much everyone where they were going to fit, and <laughs> and Jake never even got a mention. I know there's there's certain guys that you. He brushed over and, and felt bad about, but he was one of them. Where, where do you think he'll fit in that in a scheme of things? Yeah, he's in the five to ten range, JT. Yeah, I was going to say five to twelve is pretty much going to be him. <laughs> right, and, and I, I know twelve sounds terrible, but when you look at the roster, man, it's possible. I mean, it's definitely possible. It, it look, could look, be in twelfth in a moto, you know. I did like your quote, JT, where there's going to be some dudes riding back to the truck who are very upset. <laughs> no, it's a fact. There are going to be some very, very, very disappointed people. Yeah. And maybe maybe not all year because, you know, obviously the attrition rate is always high. Right. But early in the season, it's it's not yeah. going to be good for some guys. It's just how it is. They could be riding great, but so is everyone else. Yeah. And if they put themselves in a bad spot, if they come around the first lap in 22nd, they're not going to be able to just climb back in the seventh or whatever, you know. I mean, they end up in 14th. I like Jake Weimer, but I, I, I have Villapoto and Dungey and Stewart and Barsha and Kennard and Chad all better than him. You know? And that right there, I just named six guys. Yeah. So and I think I, I think most people would. You know, Jake right. probably wouldn't, but right. you look at you look at stats and you look at historical performance and how can you not? Yeah. And you didn't even mention Alessi. Good point. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, just, like JT said, that's so deep that a guy that that in his mind's getting, you know, podium to top five is he's going to be walking away, yeah, barely, barely making top ten sometimes. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. But um, Jake, one thing with Jake is you know he's doing the work off the track. He's got a great bike. He's got a great team. Um, you know what I mean? All that kind of rises to the top at the end of twenty four motos. Do you know? Because like JT said, and maybe maybe he's one of the guys, but like JT said, it's sort of all the. The doing the right stuff, I think, pays off at the end of the year. It may not pay off in the beginning of the year. And guys like me will be writing about how Jake Weimer sucks, but just he'll stay in there and keep on it. And, you know, he's got a pretty same, relative. Yeah, same for Shorty. Yeah. Those guys are big right. picture guys. They have to keep that in mind. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, thanks, O'Rourke. No, oh. no I just want to say a, a big um, like shout-out to, to DC and the, the TV schedule he's got sorted out for this year. I mean, you're always going to have the haters and the whiners and the people that, that got to flick channels, which is totally ridiculous. But, you know, to get all four motos live, I mean, I couldn't ask for any more. Agreed. All right. Thanks, yeah. O'Rourke. Thanks, guys. See but, ya. All right. But you got to get a remote and change a channel, O'Rourke. Oh, God. Uh, last caller. Uh, Crash82, what's up, man? Hey, man, how's it going? I just, you know, I was sitting here listening to this stuff, and um, I got to call the dude out that said Dungey doesn't have the drive to beat Alessi. What, what, why, why would he want Alessi to beat him? That's insane. It's kind of like on one hand you compliment Alessi, and then you got to throw in the little dog, and, and I'm just sick of it, man. It's the coolest family ever. Alessi's coming. They've got God on their side. They're coming, man. And um, Alessi beat Dungey straight up. That's the way it is. Dungey cried like a baby and ran from him after the race. Wouldn't even hug up with him. So, <laughs> anyway, man, you guys, right. just, um, while I'm on here, I want to give um, Vital MX and all my buddies there a shout-out. Give Tony, the whole family, a shout-out. And, right. um, anyway, it's going to be some good racing. But uh, cut Alessi some slack, man. He's coming. We're, we're on the bandwagon. JT all and I right, are man. driving that. Thanks, Crash. All right, man. Thanks for letting me talk. All right, thanks. Crash, big fans. I don't, yeah, don't, the, only, the only thing I would disagree with there is I know in my circumstances I'm not hugging Alessi after the race. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm not. Yeah. Whether it, it's not that I'm mad at Mike. No. And maybe I think Ryan maybe was because he said he was kind of cut, cross jumping him a little bit. Yes. But I just know like Ryan is very competitive, very very competitive, and he he in his head thinks that he should beat Michael Alessi 100 out of 100 times. Well, that's. I, well, yeah, first of all, yeah, Mike went a little overboard with the, hey, I just won. Please congratulate me it's over and out. Like, you know, I get the whole, give me a thumbs up, which I think Dungey, yeah, Dungey that's did. All, that's all you can really expect. Yes, that's all you can expect, Mike. He was not going to have your baby or anything like that, you know, because you beat him. Um, I agree. But uh, I don't, Crash was, I don't agree with Crash saying that Dungey cried and whined like a baby. No, just, no, that's <laughs> kind of where I was going with right, the, the same right. thing, like. Um, Just because you don't want to hug the guy doesn't mean you cried and whined either. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, all right, JT, so you're going to be in Hangtown? You're back from South Africa? and yep, you are. I uh, just landed today. I actually showered. I'm on the phone with you now, sitting in the office parking lot, and I'm about to go into work. Did you bring back any uh, baboons or leopards or baby gorillas or anything? Nah, hopefully I didn't bring back, like, Ebola virus or anything either. <laughs> right, that's a good point. Never mind yeah, the yeah. leopards and everything. No, I, I, I could, honestly, I feel like a walking zombie right now i don't i don't even know how i'm functioning at this point all right we asked i I don't really care uh just tough it out we asked gl the same question we're going to ask you give me your give me your 450 hangtown 450 podium hangtown 450 podium bill poto dungy barsha all right give me your uh 250 podium at hangtown uh actually can i put a lessie instead of barsha i'm gonna i'm gonna put a lessie no no you cannot yes i can okay i put a lessie third uh, 250 podium will be Roxon, Baggett, Tomac. I have Baggett, Tomac, Roxon. A little switch okay. from you. And then in 450s, I'm going with RV, RD, and the 800, just like you. I'm going to copy you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a solid podium. Mike is always fast at Hangtown. So. Yeah, he, he is. He's always been good there. The only thing I'm, I'm nervous about Baggett because who knows? Nobody knows what he's been doing or if he's good or I, not. I, or, talked to I, some I, pro, I talked to some pro circuit guys and a pro circuit rider, and they're like, he's as fast as ever. 
really? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. maybe he will win then. He's he's great at that track. He is. That's what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the only reason I, I just didn't know where he's at. No, he's he's kind of been under the radar big time. Yeah, you're telling me. And he's giving these interviews at DMXS apparently and saying he's got five percent movement in his wrist or something. So really, huh? Huh. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks for coming on. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, Fly Moto Sixty Show. Thanks, JT. Later, man. All right. See you. That's uh, Jason Thomas on the, on the show, and uh, we appreciate his. And he, you're probably going to see him on here uh, more than more than a few times during the year. All right, everybody, we are wrapping it up. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show supported by Fly Racing, one of the fastest growing MX and off road riding apparel and hard part brands in North American market, distributed in 40 plus countries wide. This has been the debut show, and we are thankful for you guys for listening. We're uh, we're pumped to be having it. We're going to be here all year. Every Thursday, at least before the Nationals, if not um, even some extra bonus shows. But for sure, we're committed to 12 of these things. Uh, probably do a little bit more. Tits Legendary is going to be uh, hanging out for most of them. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening, man, here. And uh, we're going to try our best to get the, uh, the news to you. Thanks to Fly Racing for coming on. You've been listening to the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Peace out.